Welcome to the Sound of Truth Bible Chat with your host, Brett Morani, where he leads discussion in God's Word. Let's join him now. Well, I'm so excited to have with me to participate in this Bible Chat today, Dr. John Crabtree, who is the Director of Training for the Great Commission Collective and is visiting us this weekend at Harvest Jacksonville, and he was kind enough to join me in this Bible chat. We're going to talk about Romans chapter 14, John, and I asked you what passage from Romans chapters 12 through 16 that you'd like to talk about, and you chose chapter 14. Tell me why. Yeah, that's uh, that's good, Brett. Thanks for uh, letting me be a part of this. You know, it's so easy, I think, to pass judgment on people that don't think like we do, and people that don't look like us, act like us, uh, keep to the same standards, guidelines, whatever you want to call it. And so I think Paul has a word here for us as a church in the 21st century in North America to uh, learn some things, and and hopefully maybe we can talk about that. Yeah, so Romans chapter 14, we're not going to take the time to read, read the whole chapter, but to summarize, it's about how do we handle the gray areas of disagreement. Mm-hmm. And maybe sometimes we don't think they're gray areas, but by the sheer fact that we as Christians are disagreeing on what is black and white in a particular subject matter, that shows perhaps it is gray because there's so many Christians disagreeing about it. So the Apostle Paul faced the same type of struggle the Christians did back then as well, where what do you do when maybe Scripture is not crystal clear on a topic, but my interpretation and application of, of the revelation of God, what we have in terms of how to know how to live, brings me to a different application place of how to live my life in regard to a specific issue, and then you arrive, you arrive at a different place. And how do we walk together? How do we avoid conflict? Because oftentimes it does create conflict. It has divided churches through the centuries for sure. and Christians. Remind us what the issue was at hand for those believers back then in regard to a gray area issue or a point of disagreement. Well, one of the things was uh, what they were supposed to eat. And so Paul talks about that. Uh, He says, one person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to eating, uh, there were certain people who thought that only these types of things should be eaten. And then there were others who were eating things that were uh, to be abstained from, they thought. And so you have this conflict, and and Paul has a word for us there. So back then, in the first century, part of the struggle they're going through is knowing how to adapt from Old Covenant living to New Covenant living, and what in the Old Testament do we continue to observe? And then Christ has set us free from the law— what does that mean? They're wrestling through all these things, and that played a part in this particular type of thing, right? Absolutely, it did. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. And I think that's a similar struggle to what's going on today. I mean, think about certain people coming out of certain religious groups who have been uh, trained and, and they've learned, okay, this is the way to do it. And now they meet Christ, and and Christ says, hey, uh, this is what I have, and and you're free. And some just, it's difficult because, man, how how do you deal with all of that? Mm -hmm. In my lifetime, we're not dealing so much now with struggle of Old Covenant, New Covenant. That got settled a lot with the Jerusalem Council in Acts 15 and, and, and through church history. But we still have these struggles of, as Christians, not agreeing necessarily on how to take the Scripture's teaching and live it out in a way that we 
feel like honors the Lord most. I'll give you, well, there's several examples we can come up with, but in my lifetime, there's been considerable amount of disagreement among believers as to the use of alcohol, for example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A hundred years ago, especially, a lot of Christians believed it was evil to touch alcohol, to sell it, to drink it, all that. Today, not so much that way, but there's still several Christians who feel that way. They disagree on that issue, but can they continue to walk together? Can they respect one another, not pass judgment on one another, not not cause the other person to stumble, right? Right, exactly. And and, and I think what Paul is clear on is the whole drunkenness piece mm-hmm. of partaking in alcohol. Right. I, I don't think that there is a prohibition against drinking alcohol in the scriptures, but there's a moderation, and we have to really be sensitive to the Spirit of God as, as the Spirit of God leads us into what to do, what not to do. Right. So I'm a voluntary abstentionist, but not a, prohibit- not a prohibitionist. But I wanted to understand the prohibitionist perspective because I couldn't understand how 100 years ago they could have a prohibitionist perspective when I don't think the Scripture explicitly teaches that. So it was very helpful for me to realize that they came to that conclusion, not because it was explicitly taught in Scripture, but because of the principles from Scripture led them to a point of believing that any use of alcohol whatsoever today in their culture would be a sin, not passing judgment on the first century. It gave me respect for their perspective, mm-hmm. although I didn't still didn't agree with it. But I think this is part of what God's calling us to do, is to seek to understand where the other person comes from. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 18, 17, one man's argument sounds good till another one comes along and questions him. So we need to try to be objective, try to put ourselves in the other person's shoes and understand them. But even then, we may not agree. How do we move forward, according to Romans 14? Yeah. In unity as believers, as God has called us to be. Right, right. And we have to respect uh, where another person is coming from. And, um, you know, the Bible talks in Romans 14 about those who are mature in faith and those who are not. And those who are growing, which we all are growing, but as long as we can respect another person and where they're coming from and understanding where they're coming from, I think that goes a long way in Mm -hmm. helping us to walk hand in hand, heart in heart. And so uh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one because our humanness wants to take over and, you know, it uh, it's it's difficult. So let's pick out some key verses that I think can help folks with how do you deal with when you're not agreeing with another believer? How can you move forward in unity and appreciate one another and respect one another and love one another? Because part of, let's use the alcohol thing as an example, if you are free to drink alcohol, of course, all Christians agree that drunkenness is a sin. Right. The struggle for Christians is, is it appropriate to drink alcohol or not among some Christians? So how do we have respect for one another? The chapter starts off, with saying, accept the one whose faith is weak. From your perspective, their faith is weak because mm-hmm. you feel like you're the strong one in this without quarreling or over disputable matters. One of the issues, of course, is if a person struggles with alcohol and has a past there, then if I have freedom, I believe it's okay to take a drink. I'm not going to do that in front of them necessarily because it might cause them to stumble. Uh, exactly. So in verses 19 through 21, it talks about making every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. And then verse 21, it is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do yeah. anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. Mm-hmm. We don't want them to be hurt by exercising our freedom in front of them. So there's the principle for the person who has freedom in an area. Don't exercise that freedom necessarily in front of your brother or sister who does not have freedom. That's the loving thing to do. Right. Yeah. I think that's a good word for us today. Um, so he's already establishing at the beginning of the chapter that these things are disputed among believers who respect his word and love the Lord, yet they don't agree on this. Right. Another principle we see is in verse 23. 
everything that does, this is the end of the chapter, everything that does not come from faith is sin. So that's telling us you have to come to a conclusion yourself on this issue that enables you to have a clean conscience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So function within your own conscience, but do not place your conscience upon other believers in disputable matters. Right, right, which is, which is difficult because we think we're right, and it's, uh, it's hard to uh, look at someone knowing in, from our perspective that, man, you're free. You're, you're free to do this. But in their mind, uh, they're not. And so how do we love them? And I think this, uh, this passage helps us with that. One more question for you, John. Since 2020, since, let's say, March of 2020, how have we seen this particular passage become increasingly relevant? Well, do we wear masks or not? <laughs> do, <laughs> there you we, go. Do, do we have the freedom? What, what's, the, what's the guideline for that? I mean, we have seen a lot of things in the last couple of years create divisions uh, among God's people, among the churches. And I think it would be good maybe to go back to Romans 14. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville. It is copyrighted by Brett A. Marani, 2022.